0: Ennead One, BOOK V. by Plotinus. Translated by Kenneth Sylvan Guthrie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. 1st Enniad BOOK V. Does Happiness Increase with Time? Happiness has nothing to do with duration of time. 1. Does happiness increase with duration of time? No, for the feeling of happiness exists only in the present. The memory of past happiness could not add anything to happiness itself. Happiness is not a word, but a state of soul. But a state of soul is a present experience, such as, for instance, the actualization of life. Happiness is not the satisfaction of the desire to live. 2. Might happiness not be the satisfaction of the desire of living and activity, inasmuch as this desire is ever present with us? Hardly. First, according to this hypothesis, the happiness of tomorrow would ever be greater than that of today, and that of the following day than that of the day before and so on to infinity in this case the measure of happiness would no longer be virtue but duration then the beatitude of the divinities will also have to become greater from day to day it would no longer be perfect and could never become so besides desire finds its satisfaction in the possession of what is present both now and in the future so long as these present circumstances exist their possession constitutes happiness further as the desire of living can be no more than the desire to exist the latter desire can refer to the present only inasmuch as real existence essence inheres only in the present desire for a future time or for some later event means no more than a desire to preserve what one already possesses. Desire refers neither to the future nor the past, but to what exists at present. What is sought is not a perpetual progression in the future, but the enjoyment of what exists from the present moment onward. Increased happiness would result only from more perfect grasp. 3. What shall be said of him who lived happily during a longer period who has longer contemplated the same spectacle? If such longer contemplation resulted in a clearer idea thereof, the length of time has served some useful purpose. But if the agent contemplated it in the same manner for the whole extent of time, he possesses no advantage over him who contemplated it only once. Pleasure is unconnected with happiness. Four, it might be objected that the former of these men enjoyed pleasure longer than the other this consideration has nothing to do with happiness if by this enjoyed pleasure we mean the free exercise of intelligence the pleasure referred to is then identical with the happiness here meant this higher pleasure referred to is only to possess what is here ever present what of it is past is of no further value length of happiness does not affect its quality v would equal happiness be predicated of three men one who had been happy from his life's beginning to its end the other only at its end and the third who had been happy but who ceased being such this comparison is not between three men who are happy but between one man who is happy with two who are deprived of happiness and that at the present moment when happiness counts most if then one of them have any advantage he possesses it as a man actually happy compared with such as are not he therefore surpasses the two others by the actual possession of happiness if unhappiness increase with time why should not happiness do so? 6. It is generally agreed that all calamities, sufferings, griefs, and similar evils are aggravated in proportion to their duration. If, then, in all these cases, evil be increased with time, why should not the same circumstance obtain in the contrary case? Why should happiness also not be increased? Referring to griefs and sufferings, it might reasonably be said that they are increased by duration. When, for example, sickness is prolonged and becomes a habitual condition, the body suffers more and more profoundly as time goes on. If, however, evil ever remain at the same degree, it does not grow worse, and there is no need of complaining but of the present consideration of the past evil amounts to considering the traces left by evil. The morbid disposition whose intensity is increased by time because its seriousness is proportionate to its duration. In this case it is not the length of time but the aggravation of the evil which adds to the misfortune. But the new degree of intensity does not subsist simultaneously with the old and it is unreasonable to predicate an increase as summation of what is no more to what now is on the contrary it is the fixed characteristic of happiness to have a fixed term to remain ever the same here also the only increase possibly due to duration of time depends on the relation between an increase in virtue and one in happiness and the element to be reckoned with here is not the number of years of happiness but the degree of virtue finally acquired as addition is possible with time why cannot happiness increase seven it might be objected that it is inconsistent to consider the present only exclusive of the past as in the case of happiness when we do not do so in respect of time for the addition of past to present unquestionably lengthens time if then we may properly say that time becomes longer why may we not say the same of happiness were we to do so we would be applying happiness to divisions of time while it is precisely to bring out the indivisibility of happiness that it is considered to be measured by the present exclusively while considering time in respect of things that have vanished, such as, for instance, the dead, it is perfectly reasonable to reckon the past. But it would be unreasonable to compare past happiness with present happiness in respect to duration, because it would be treating happiness as something accidental and temporary. Whatever might be the length of time that preceded the present, all that can be said of it is that it is no more to regard duration while considering happiness is to try to disperse and fraction something that is one and indivisible something that exists only in the present that is why time is called an image of eternity inasmuch as it tends to destroy eternity's permanence through its own dispersion by abstracting permanence from eternity and appropriating it time destroys eternity for a short period Permanence may survive in association with time, but as soon as it becomes fused with it, eternity perishes. Now, as happiness consists in the enjoyment of a life that is good, namely in that which is proper to essence in itself, because none better exists, it must, instead of time, have as a measure eternity itself, a principle which admits neither increase nor diminution which cannot be compared to any length whose nature it is to be indivisible and superior to time no comparison therefore should be instituted between essence and non-essence eternity and time the perpetual and the eternal nor should extension be predicated of the indivisible if we regard existence of essence in itself it will be necessary to regard it entire to consider it not as the perpetuity of time but as the very life of eternity a life which instead of consisting of a series of centuries exists entire since all centuries not even memories of the past increase happiness eight somebody might object that by subsisting till the present the memory of the past adds something more to him who has long lived happily in this case it will be necessary to examine what is meant by this memory. If it mean the memory of former wisdom, and if it mean that he who would possess this memory would become wiser on account of it, then this memory differs from our question which studies happiness and not wisdom. If it mean the memory of pleasure, it would imply that the happy man has need of much pleasure, and cannot remain satisfied with what is present. Besides, there is no proof that the memory of a past pleasure is at all pleasant. On the contrary, it would be entirely ridiculous to remember with delight having tasted a delicious dish the day before, and still more ridiculous remembering such an enjoyment ten years ago. It would be just as ridiculous to pride oneself on having been a wise man last year not even the memory of virtue increases happiness. 9. Could not the memory of virtuous actions contribute to happiness? No, for such a memory cannot exist in a man who has no virtue at present, and who thereby is driven to seek out the memory of past virtues. Length of time is of no importance, not even as opportunity of virtue. 10. Another objection is, that length of time would give opportunity for doing many beautiful deeds, while this opportunity is denied him who lives happily only a short period. This may be answered by denying happiness to a man on the grounds of having done many beautiful deeds. If several parts of time and several actions are to constitute happiness, then it would be constituted by things that are no more, that are past, and by present things whereas our definition of happiness limits it exclusively to the present then we considered whether length of time add to happiness there remains only to examine whether happiness of long duration be superior because of yielding opportunities of doing more beautiful deeds to begin with the man who is inactive may be just as happy if not more happy than he who is active besides it is not actions themselves which yield happiness the sources of happiness are states of mind which are the principles of beautiful actions the wise man enjoys welfare while active but not because of this activity he derives this welfare not from contingent things but from what he possesses in himself for it might happen even to a vicious man to save his fatherland, or to feel pleasure in seeing it saved by some other. It is not, then, these activities which are the causes of the enjoyment of happiness. True beatitude, and the joys it yields, must be derived from the constant disposition of the soul. To predicate it of activity would be to make it depend on things alien to virtue and the soul. The soul's actualization consists in being wise and in exercising her self-activity. This is true happiness. End of Ennead 1, Book 5.